0: Welcome back to American Steel, listeners. I hope you've been doing well. I've been on a a few weeks sabbatical, so to speak, so we're here back with this new program on American Steel. And we have some special guests with us today. First is Ms. Kayra Williams from the Murray Chamber uh, and Alliance. uh, And then we also have, returning with us, Corey Ross from Warrior Mindset. Kaira, how are you doing?
1: I am so well. And the day is beautiful. The weather's beautiful. Crisp fall weather in the air. And I'm just glad to be here.
0: Sounds like a commercial. You're always happy, though. I've seen you on three or four different occasions. You're always happy. I love to see that. You make me happy when I, when I see you happy. And I got to see you uh, the other day at the— Yesterday. Yeah, at the conference, at the financial conference.
1: And and did you—were you able to stay for The Economist?
0: I was not able to stay for The Economist, but I was told that he was outstanding.
1: He was outstanding. And I can't even pronounce his last name, Andrew Opdyke. Uh, and I thought, oh, you know, I wasn't expecting him to be quite as um, colorful and full of passion and energy as he was. And I was telling Corey this when we walked in the in the door today. And I said, you know, he said something at the very end of his talk that I, I wrote down. It was so profound. He and this is his quote: "We are unleashing human potential like we never have before."
0: Wow! Nice. Yeah,
1: And I was like, you know, that's, that's what it's all about.
0: That is what it's all about. Yeah. What can, what can we do to help other people thrive that we all can thrive as a community? Yeah. Very, very good. The only takeaway I took, and we also, I'm sorry, we also have Corey Ross from Warrior <laughs> Mindset with us. Corey, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. And all I could think about while Kara was talking about the weather was my run this morning. I know you were training this morning, Dr. Yes, Steele. Yes, yes, sir. And my run down the driveway into the sunrise Mm. as it was just it looked like the clouds were on fire because it was an orange red and i thought i said was this sunrise this beautiful while we were all locked down during the pandemic Mm -hmm. because if it was i I would i think that would have been just so obvious that we're gonna get through this Mm -hmm. we're gonna make it everything's gonna be fine but i don't remember the sunset during the pandemic or the sunrise like that
0: well, look, I, I I pulled up my, uh, I've got a thread on texting with, with my amazing family, all of our kids, and I put epic sunrise this morning, because this it was on fire. Oh, yeah. And if you, all, all it's like Ansel Adams, all the time over our sunrises are beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're getting off track, though. We're talking about leadership <laughs> today, right? So, Keira and I attended a conference yesterday, uh, put on by Cal, uh, Monty Sneed and, and uh, Caledonia Financial, and... Kara, the only takeaway for me is that an economist, because I also spoke at this conference, and the economist— was better than me, Coach Mike. I mean, so that's all I'm hearing about is how good he was a speaker talking about financial gains and whatnot. So I need to I need to step my your, game up. I can
3: say it sounds like you need to step up a little <laughs> need to bit. Step
0: my game up for sure. But folks, we're here to talk about leadership. And Corey and I have been on this program before about talking about leadership. But K brings a whole brand new perspective to it because well you do because you created something or were the, one of the founding creators of leadership, Murray. And I want to hear I want our listeners to hear about that and then hear about the media that you and Corey and I had a few weeks ago
1: yeah so leadership Murray started actually in 1987 we had a group of community leaders um, and actually money Sneed was one of those so we we'll have to give him another shout out yeah um, you know they saw this going around uh, the state of Tennessee and they said you know we, we need to do that in Murray County so we had we had some visionaries who said you know we need to bring community leadership into our into our county and in our to, in our community um, and, it's, and community leadership development is a little bit than just pure leadership skills development. Um, so I guess I, I kind of need to explain why that's a little different. So it's about taking leaders within your community, exposing them to all of the issues, problems, concerns, opportunities within your community um, that are related to those huge community topics like economic development education, um, safety, health, um, agriculture, because agriculture is such a big part of of Murray County. Um, You know, we go to jail, we go to the hospital, uh, we talk about tourism. So it's it's really um, capturing more about your community and how can we develop you uh, as a class member to then take what skills you have, what knowledge you've gained through the program, and make sure that you take yourself and em- embrace yourself and immerse yourself into our community to make it a better place for everybody.
0: Okay. So kind of break it down a little bit, if you don't mind, like some of the um, some of the concepts in the leadership. So what I'm hearing is that you've already got leaders or people in leadership roles, perhaps— Or maybe even somebody who um, is just wanting to expand their leadership potential. Yes. All those people are invited to sign up for Leadership Murray. Yes. And tell me about the curriculum and and the length and and kind of the process.
1: So we do an overnight retreat in October. We do program days uh, monthly from November through May. Um, Our application process starts in June through mid-July. It is a competitive process. So There's an application process. Letters of recommendation are required. uh, so all all of the things um, and then we have a selection committee that sits and says these are all of our applicants who do we want to make sure that we get into the program this year um, and I think both of you are on my list so yeah both of you will be in it in the near future um, and, and it has become quite peti- competitive over the last few years this will be this upcoming class will be my 15th year to be coordinating the program Um, And it has become more competitive year after year. So um, I encourage people to learn more about the opportunity. And just the network that you make, um, the things you learn, the fun you have, the the connections and the network that you make um, are just um, irreplaceable. And and really networking and, and forming relationships with people that you might not have ever crossed paths in your careers or your personal life. And it happens through leadership, Murray.
0: Yeah, and and one of the overall, if not the overall, concept is that these leaders come together, have this amazing experience, and then it, it improves our community. Yes, our business, our everything. Everything. Everything about our community. Yeah.
1: Everything about our community, and everybody has a gift. Yeah. And so our our job is to take all of these individual wonderful people um, and put them together because that's when the fireworks happen, and that's right. that's when the magic happens.
0: Now, Kara, you. This is probably not going to surprise you, but typically when one Marine meets another Marine, there's a, immediately there's a connection. Yeah, usually. I met uh, Captain Corey Ross, retired U.S Marine. Uh, I was a former Marine, but I met Cap, uh, Mr. Ross or Corey here because he was doing some training uh, over at the high school and he's done training, leadership training. Uh, for lots of companies and lots of uh, big-time teams. And so, Corey, welcome back. Thank you. I know you've talked about the warrior mindset before, mm-hmm. but tell us about the warrior mindset a little bit. Give us a, a refresher on warrior mindset and how we want to try to collaborate that with leadership, mm-hmm. uh, Murray's leadership.
2: Okay. First, where did the warrior mindset come from? Basically, I believe that we do nothing meaningful in life as individuals. Now, You do things as an individual throughout the day but nothing meaningful we don't accomplish these amazing feats and invent things and and create you know programs like you do alone even tennis players they don't go alone they have a team behind them so every football team every basketball team it's not about the star player it's about can we get it together and win a championship this year so We do nothing meaningful in life as individuals, only as part of a team. So how do we form that team? Well, first, got to have a leader. I mean, we have to have folks that are willing and understand what leadership is, and then we have to have warriors. And what is a warrior? Uh, Basic, just at the very core is somebody who looks left and looks right and takes care of the warriors that they're going into battle with we translate that into corporate america and a little bit easier onto the football field basketball court and all of those places Uh, easy to translate there but a lot of civilians i'll use the word civilians civilian leaders don't understand how these battlefield lessons that we bring to the table could apply in a courtroom or in a business deal or whatnot. It's just like uh, Dr. Steele said a second ago, bringing people together is how we create change. We bring all these leaders in Murray County together. We talk about leadership, share lessons learned, and then we all get better as leaders and going back to our individual team. So that's what the warrior mindset basically is. The way Dr. Steele and I got together, though, was for me... It was, we both work with kids all the time. We work with sports teams, here a principal at the uh, Columbia Central High School. And we see kids who are just like, not meeting the standard, right? And too often we hear people say, oh, it's the kids these days. And I hate it, I hate it. And they say it in that negative connotation. They say, oh, the kids these days are lazy. They don't, they don't know how to communicate, they don't know how to work hard. I believe, and we believe, it's not the kids, because I was in battle with these kids, these young 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds, and I've seen what they can do. They're the same DNA of our parents, of our grandparents. They're, They're not different. We're different. Parents, teachers, coaches, and business leaders are different. We've mixed up what is a standard and how do we enforce it with what is a goal. And so when you mix those two things up, you get oh, it's a goal to show up to work on time or show up to school on time. If you don't, you can just try again tomorrow. No, that's a standard. That's absolutely non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable to have a great attitude out on that football field or when you walk into this office, this insurance office every day. And if I have to take somebody aside and say, hey, I'm going to need you to be a little bit more positive when you walk in the door in the morning, I I mean, they may be offended, but that's the absolute, that's a non-negotiable to work here. So that's kind of where it came from. Is we want to affect the adult population because I'm I'm done hearing people blame the kids.
1: Yeah, Doctor Steele talked about that yesterday.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. It was interesting because uh, that you said that because I believe that with my heart and soul. I I I don't people rationalize that this generation quote unquote. It's not this generation. I mean, it's the it's the character, it's the discipline, it's the integrity that we instill as adults. We that's our responsibility when we're working with children. Uh, I tell my I tell people all the time. A child's not going to learn from you unless they see at least one thing in you that they want. You have to inspire them to want something that you do. Whether whether you're a marathon runner and you just look great uh, you know, because you're fit and they want a piece of that, then they'll, they'll grab a piece of that. Or whether you're well-read and they understand that you love to read or write or poetry, sports, whatever it is, they've got to see something in you that they want. In order for them to do that, you have to live a purposeful life, mm. and so that's what I was going to ask y'all. What is our? Because we have a lot of listeners, um, and I'm sure many are business owners, and they're wondering how can I inspire or put forth a better effort as a, as a leader myself to improve my outcome, overall outcome. And I was wondering what you guys have witnessed over the years, maybe just a few examples of when you see poor leadership, what's the results of that are. Mm.
1: Wow. I would say that poor leadership, uh, immediately makes a team ineffective. Um, poor leadership takes the eye off the ball. If you want to use a sports analogy, you know, it takes the eye off the goal. Um, it doesn't do anything for building collaboration and building purpose. Um, Poor leadership, and and if you're in a team and you have a poor leader, um, I think it's really important to recognize that you may not have the right person in the right leadership role, and to change it immediately because I think it's um, it's that's hard to, to come back from. That's that's hard to um, that's hard to overcome when you don't have the right leader in the, in the right space.
0: Right. And that leader realizes they're not doing a good job of leadership. There is a reprieve from that, folks. You can create a, a different personality, so to speak, of leadership by growing yourself. So don't just give up on the task of growing as a leader. And that's kind of what we're here talking about. Leadership Murray, warrior mindset, trying to maybe combine those two into a, a more of a leadership program or to add on to leadership programs that have a little adversity
2: to them. Corey? Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. And so one of the things that I truly believe is we don't grow as individuals until we find a way to get outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. And so with the already existing Leadership Murray, where we're networking, we're, we're learning about leadership and, and those types of things, if we add to it a component where folks are actually being kind of just gently nudged outside their physical and mental comfort zones and then they're kind of put to the fire put to the test now that's what we do at warrior mindset and it's it's amazing how little you have to do physically yeah. to get everybody outside their comfort zone they're like okay now let's become leaders and it's great but i just wanted to say one thing in addition to dr Steele's question about what are the results of poor leadership I think we start to see in, in corporate America people punching the clock mm-hmm. as soon as that as soon as the leaders start to let down the the warriors that they 're leading people start coming in it 's a job and i 'm punching the clock and then i 'm going home i 'm not giving extra i 'm not doing extra today, and i 'm probably not going to give that customer everything that they deserve or that my owner business leader would want me to give them because i 'm now You know, I'm not getting what I need from the leader. Uh, I work here locally at uh, Roof Systems Incorporated, RSI. Great leader at the top of that business, uh, Cody Goins. And I'll tell you one thing you do see when there's great leadership is you see guys and gals in the office fist bumping each other, walking around, doing more communication than they have to. Right. Hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that customer walked in earlier today? Okay, just making sure. You know, double tapping just to make sure that we're all up to speed and in the loop. So that's what you do see. What is? What do you notice in your in your boss, Corey? Right, uh, Cody. Cody, what,
0: what what stands out as him being a great leader?
2: I think accountability. Um, he has a way of each week having us kind of hold ourselves accountable to what we said we would do the previous week so we kind of get rid of all the excuses there in a weekly meeting and i think that's one of the strongest uh, parts of our teams that we all come together we may be held accountable in that meeting
1: <laughs> and it's hard to hold people accountable it's not always easy to mm-hmm. hold people accountable
2: that's everyone talks about accountability Everybody yes. every coach does, and every business pretty much has it on their wall, but rarely have we found a company and in my seven years of working with teams since I retired from the Marine Corps, rarely have I found a company that does it well or even at all
1: it's hard I think most people look at it as confrontational mm-hmm. and and nobody likes confrontation, well, maybe somebody does, but not many people like confrontation. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think it has to be confrontational at all i mm-hmm. I like to think of it as coaching you up you know yes. let me let me coach you better, let me coach you up, let me help unleash your potential um and and that's maybe we need to just change the word. maybe mm-hmm. the accountability has a bad connotation or something I don't know, but it does it's not really hard to keep people accountable um and that doesn't mean that I'm gonna give you a task and say you have to do this, and then I'm just going to walk away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have to do this. You're accountable for this. Now, what do you need to do it? Mm-hmm. And let me, let me you know, providing resources. And then, you know, because sometimes teams fail, not because they have a poor leader, not because they're not accountable, they don't have the resources they need. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just a matter of, hey, we need to add some resources, or we need to reevaluate what resources we we have, or what we need. So sometimes it's not a, a fault of the individual or a fault of the team member or a fault of the leader. It's just maybe there's something going on in the environment that's not conducive to success.
2: And that environment could be where you've created a fail, uh, fear of failure. Yes. So if everybody's afraid to fail, then no one's going to hold anybody accountable because if we do, that means we failed. And back to your point about, hey, it's it's tough to hold people accountable because it has a negative connotation. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, I worked with a football team one time, and their motto was L-E-O. It was on the back of their shirts. And I won't say what football team, but they are an SEC team. And I asked him, I said, what does L-E-O mean? Because none of us could figure it out. Uh, And uh, he said, we love each other. One wow. of the big, one of the big defensive linemen said, we "Love each other," and I was like, "Okay, well, what does that mean? Like, how do you define love each other on a football team?" He says, "We hold each other accountable because it shows that we care about that guy."
0: Yeah,
1: because I love you, I don't want you to fail.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, well, and the dynamics of that could be so so uh, broad. All right, leadership itself has so many intricacies that uh, we could sit here and just pick one, like. Uh, Coming after the break, we talk about emotional intelligence, for example. Mm. That covers the whole gambit of leadership. But what does that really mean? You talked about holding somebody accountable, quote, unquote. There's a right way and a wrong way to do that, and it requires a great deal of emotional intelligence to get to that space to where you can hold somebody accountable, and still have them ready to run for that wall for you. Yeah. They want to run through that wall that they want to run through fire for you because they know you're holding them accountable for all the right reasons and that you care about them and you, and you care about their overall success of the company. So let's come back to that. I want to talk about emotional intelligence to come back. So we're going to take a break here on American steel. Thank you listeners. And we'll be right back.
3: Hello, WKOM and WKRM listeners. My name is Michael Parks-Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC in Columbia, Tennessee. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my grandfather, Robert Parks, and my great-grandfather, Julian Mays, in 1958 over 60 years ago. Being family-owned and operated, we invest in our community. You'll see our support everywhere you go. Schools, sports, band, and even charities. We invest in our community because we live here and we love this community. Come see me and my cousin, Robert Rogers, at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC right off Nashville Highway or visit us at parksmotorsales.com. One of our goals at Caledonian is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile, and a wave as you walk past our office or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved. Through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance, Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts, and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more, we stay connected to Murray County. This is Perry Bowman with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia.
0: And welcome back to American Steel. The time goes too fast. The three of us with Coach Mike can talk about leadership and just the blessing it is to be able to mentor and guide people. Let me tell you all a quick story and I've, I've turned this into a leadership story. The other day, I was golfing in a tournament with my son, and I hit a hole-in-one for the first time ever Saw that on a part. You saw it on wow. my Facebook, right? <laughs> hole-in-one, and the marshal was there to see it, so it's not me and my son lying for me on my hole-in-one. The next hole I get up, I hit into the lake. So one minute you're up, and one minute you're down, uh, and you know, I just wanted to tell that story because I've been telling that story all day. Uh, I've been using it as an example of one moment you're the winner, the next moment you were the winner and you still got, and you got to start rebuilding yourself. So before we took the break, uh, the three of us met a while back and we had dinner, uh, or we, we had a, a glass of water, I think. And, uh, <laughs> and we talked about leadership. Uh, we didn't eat that night. That poor guy was, he wanted to serve us cause he was a great waiter over at legends restaurant. So, uh, go see him. Uh, but, um, uh, anyways, we, You brought up emotional intelligence. I remember being uh, introduced to emotional intelligence probably somewhere in uh, 1998, maybe 1999. Uh, I was at a conference, a leadership conference for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement back when I was in law enforcement. And I was immediately hooked on the term emotional intelligence because – I guess it was the timing. I guess it was the, uh, at my minimum, uh, my minimum level of education or understanding of my own emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so, since that time, I've read and read and read. I've actually presented on it, but I'm, I'm still always fascinated with emotional intelligence. How big of a, how big is that in, in your world?
1: It's huge um, for me, um, in looking at business leaders, in looking at community leaders. Um, And I think the first step with EQ um, is self-awareness and self-assessment. I I mean, and I think I I strongly agree and and feel that you can't be a good leader unless you know yourself very well. And I think that's the first step in EQ is is self-awareness and self-exploration, you know.
0: Now, uh, EQ is like IQ except for emotional. Okay, right. So you have to—and there are— there are things out there that can give you a score, right? You got little there are. surveys that give you a score. We talked about the Myers Myers Briggs and whatnot back when we met before. Corey, is uh, emotional intelligence a piece of uh, leadership training
2: for officers in the Marine
0: Corps?
2: It's it's not called that, or at least it wasn't when I went through the training, but that was a long time ago. However, every Marine. You know, we look at the Marine Corps and, and the military as being these robots, and they're out there marching across the parade field, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And that's not who they are. They're human beings. And so every Marine in your squad or your platoon or your team really has to be led differently and needs something different from their leader. And a leader that doesn't take the time to know you know, what that Marine needs as far as, does he need daily mentorship? Or is this guy kind of like fire and forget? Can I leave him, you know, mentor him every week or every two weeks or so, have a one-on-one? Um, but just like in the civilian world right here, I mean, we all have employees. We all have people we work with on a daily basis. They all need to be led differently.
1: Is Our that- children. <laughs> it was the first thing that came to my brain was my children.
2: Yeah. You know? You're a leader of that team. Yeah. And all of them need something different from you, need to be led differently. So. Because
1: we all get motivated and inspired differently. hmm Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can have – I would argue that it's more important to have a high EQ than it is an IQ. I agree,
0: without a doubt. Uh, yeah, because you, uh, you have an assessment of yourself, and then you're ready to build yourself. You can always establish a higher IQ, uh, but understanding yourself, learning from your mistakes, not being afraid to make mistakes, uh, releasing other people that are underneath your charge, so to speak, to make mm. mistakes and to learn from those mistakes without holding them accountable—it really is a. There really is a, a unlimited, and I say that uh, intentionally unlimited potential, and how deep you can go to understand your own self. Mm-hmm. You know How far are you willing to go? And I know you're training, Corey, as far as the adversity that you put on people. Uh, obviously, you're watching them, and you're not putting them in a place where they're going to get hurt, but you're putting them in a, in a mindset of, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, and then they do it, and then they've just learned something about themselves. Then they take that piece, and they incorporate it somewhere in their life as, their, as a husband or a father, wife, mother, business owner, business leader. And then you learn something about yourself. Hey, I I actually could run a mile without stopping, but I'm exhausted. But wait a minute. Can I run two miles without Mm -hmm. stopping? And then could I run a marathon without stopping? It's unlimited on what you can do for yourself if you're willing to understand the
2: concepts and what it takes. Mm -hmm. And that training, I mean, really, it's just when you have the pressure on you, what do you say? How do you speak? You know how do you engage your people when the pressure's on? Because we can all engage our people and our families Every, when everything's going well, and it's a day like this outside, like it's pretty easy to be a leader. But can you be a leader when it's not going well? And I wrote down while you were talking a second ago: leaders show us how to win, but they also show us how to lose. And when we're losing, you know, how does my leader, you know, re- interact with me? Um,
1: I would say that you see that a lot in military as well as sports teams, you know.
2: 100%. I mean Yeah, we saw it last week in the in the football game on Friday. We saw great leadership at times and then we saw the stress get turned up a little bit and and we started seeing mental mistakes play out. So we had every every opportunity in the world to win that game on friday
1: and i don't know about you but i i have tended to learn more from losses than i have wins
2: <laughs> 100% oh you're going you're definitely going to
0: learn more from your losses than your wins um, wins are wins are uh, victories are sometimes betrayals because we we expect them you know um You do the right thing, and you think you're doing the right thing, but the outcome is not what you anticipated. It's a different thing. So now you are in a a victory situation, but now you're in an adverse situation, and how are you going to respond to that? Because everybody's watching. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people are watching that you don't know are watching. And so for you listeners out there, you're thinking, well, what's the right? What's the wrong? It's a journey. It's a journey. And sometimes you step off that path, that, that great path of happiness and peace and success, you're on that path, and somehow you get off that path into a different journey How are you going to respond to that, and how are you going to lead other people back on that path of prosperity and peace? Mm -hmm. That's what I think about when I think about uh, your training, Corey, because I've been there and done that. I know. I mean, I've wanted to quit before and didn't. Mm -hmm. I told myself I couldn't go further, and I did, uh, and those kind of things. But then when I think about leadership, Murray, Kara, you've been doing this so long. You must have had so much experience with so many different people.
1: Yes, and but you know the beauty of experiencing so many different people is um, the diversity, and I don't mean just in race or gender or age. I mean just diverse backgrounds, diverse experiences, um, diverse upbringings, um, diverse thoughts, and bringing those people together is um, it's beautiful to watch um, when you bring that diversity. Together and and deliberately bring them together for the betterment of themselves and the team and the community.
0: You know what I love? Like yesterday at the luncheon at the conference, by the way, uh, which was first class. By the way, it was. I got to tell you, Monty Sneed and his crew, his uh, his people are fantastic. They actually brought flowers over to the school today. Uh, the students that were represented, the high school students were represented, they weren't represented. They weren't chosen. For a diverse group, they were chosen from their skills, but it just so happened to be a diverse group, which was amazing to me. I noticed that, and they had the best time, best experience ever, and they they did come back and say uh, this gentleman was fantastic, and they learned so much about the economy and about finance. Isn't that that's education, right? That's leadership. The number of adults that went over there to engage with them. uh, A lot of times we think, well, that's great. They're engaging with the kids, but the kids engaging back. That's leadership, and the adults are learning something from the kids. Yes, I loved it. I love watching it. I love. I still love watching it. Every time I go somewhere, every time I do something that's going to be a public speaker, something. I always take students with me because they're the they're the blessing. They don't, they get so nervous or they act like they're nervous, but they actually, they, they usually run the show and people are thrilled with their leadership and their ability
2: to, to inspire. I think that goes right back to here, Kara, mm-hmm. to we are unleashing human uh, potential like we've never, we never have before. And a lot of times parents will just do it for the kid or yeah. teachers will just, uh, we'll, we'll just cut that part out. It's too hard. And my wife's a seventh-grade teacher. I told you that when we showed up today, and, and you said, oh, that must be one of the roughest years. But she loves it because up till this point, they had their hand held. And now it's time to, to let go of the hand and let, just unleash the potential. And you said it yourself, Dr. Steele. It's amazing what kids are able to do, the kids these days that everybody talks about. Yeah, when we unleash them and let them fail a few times, and then let them learn a few lessons when they're outside their comfort zone. It's it's amazing. I love watching my kids fail,
1: <laughs> and when they have the space and the freedom and the trust to do that in in a somewhat safe environment. But you know, mm-hmm. I think I think allowing people to grow and to learn and to blossom comes from from d- creating that safe space for them, creating an atmosphere well that it's okay. To try, it's okay to fail, it's okay to make mistakes um, because that's the beauty of, of growing in leadership and in being a good team member. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but that's a lesson, right? And yeah. leadership training, that's a lesson that you can teach in a leadership training for example. how do you allow somebody that, that's following you to fail? How do you turn that into a really positive thing for that person? That's a whole hour lecture, yeah. maybe even a maybe even some a workshop on just how to fail successfully, uh, yeah. and then how to use your emotional intelligence so that person not only understands that you support them in the, in their failure and in their alert growth from that, but that you couldn't wait to see that happen. That's next evolution leadership. Like my supervisor, my leader is excited that I was wrong, that I failed. Mm -hmm. And I've done that numerous times. Like an idea would come across my desk, and I don't particularly like it much. I don't say that. Or I I probably would do it differently, but I don't say that. Go for it. Go do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when they come back, if it works, great. One year, uh, about 10 years ago, we had amazing English scores. They came back, and they were fantastic. Well, my English lead teacher comes over and says, hey, I want to try something different this year. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking why (laughs) it's not broke it's not broke don't fix it but i said okay go for it well the next year our scores weren't as good and she came back and said we're gonna go back to i said that's a good idea but that, but the the bond between the two of us grew because of that, and she appreciated the fact that I didn't just say no. Uh, I could have said no. We're, it's not broken. We're going to fix it. Nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, at that moment, I really wanted to connect further with this person. So, uh, as we would continue to grow, that she would continue to lead an English department. That would also stay put for five years in a row, which, which happened. We didn't have any English turnover for like five or six years, which, as you know, in, in the education world, there's turnover every single year, it seems like. Uh, it's just one of those examples of, you know, go for it. If, if you fail, we'll learn from it. If you succeed, we'll celebrate it.
2: And you just developed that person as a leader, as a teacher, like you saying nothing developed that person.
0: Correct. Well, and she reaches out to me from time to time just to check on me and, and as I do her. She's an assistant principal now. Also, shout out to your wife, but shout out to my my son-in-law. Just got out of the Air Force. He's a captain. He's in the reserves. Stay in the reserves, but he went into teaching seventh grade. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Greg Middle School in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, he, he started Monday. So, mm-hmm. I got to call and talk him off the ledge every night. It's going to be okay. Those seventh graders are are awesome kids. I mean, but I'm he sorry. loves it.
3: Been there, done that.
0: I was going to say,
1: Hats off to both of them because I vaguely have re- uh, recollections of seventh grade being a horrible time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've uh, I've been the principal of a middle school before. It's a it's a beautiful time, and when I say beautiful, I mean hard. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So middle schoolers are are awesome, but. He uh he's natural. He's a natural talent. Uh, just loving people and loving kids, and, and that high level of emotional intelligence. Uh, he would call me all the time about some of the training and share powerpoints for military training. A lot of it was really really good stuff when it came to leadership and emotional stuff like that, emotional intelligence things like that. So shout out to him and all seventh grade teachers. Uh, you guys are doing an amazing job. Hey, what is the foundation? Da- I'm sorry, go ahead,
1: You know, I was just gonna say, but what you did with that with that teacher. You built trust with her. You built a level of trust that that can't that can't be broken. I mean it. That was that was be. huge.
0: Well, thank you. I it, and it won't be. I tell you. Sometimes when I'm doing leadership conferences, I, I say you want to. I'll tell you if you're a great leader or just a decent leader, and they'll say, "What's the rubric?" Say, There's only one question: Do you answer your emails? And they're like, "What?" They look at me. I'm like, "Do you answer your emails?" Because, and when you say, like, I tell my wife and my kids, I hate emojis. If I say, I love you so much, have a great day, Mike, my, my son will send me a thumbs Thumbs up up. and I want to drive to Huntsville and I want to pull him and I want to whip him, but I can't anymore. Uh, But I don't like that. Say, dad, I love you too. And I really appreciate you, but they're not going to do that. And so uh, I mess with them all the time and they mess with me all the time. Like I'll call them, dad. Are you just calling to say, I love you? Yeah, that's, that's it. But it's since you already know that then, you know, and so we mess with each other a lot. So, but I emailed my son-in-law's principal. Cold, cold email. Hi, thank you for hiring my son-in-law. He's an amazing individual all the way around. Uh, and then I signed, you know, Mike Steele, principal. So she, had, we had that connection, and she emailed me back, and she, I, I love your, I love your son-in-law, and I got to meet your daughter and your grandson last night. Amazing. Well classy lady she didn't tell them that I emailed her she just let it ride but I couldn't stop that night when they called to check in with the baby uh, my wife told them and she read everything and so they're like, dad I can't believe you did that just being intentional with people yeah. is so important so if you're out there listening be intentional tonight when you get home. Don't get talked out of it. Don't let your brain talk you out of being intentional. Be purposeful, intentional with uh, the "I love yous" or with a great job at great job at work. What you, I ask people all the time: What is your next evolution? Because we use that terminology in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you ran a mile, what's your next? What's your next mile? Or if you did this, what's your next this? Be intentional and purposeful. So I wanted to ask you guys. Because this is a, this seems like a generic question or a kind of a common sense question, but what are the pillars for foundational leadership? And are there different styles of leadership? Because I don't feel like there are. I know there are a bunch out there. I'm kind of in the mindset that there's leadership is just leadership. You should be good at servant and transformational, transactional. You should be good at all of them if you're going to be given the responsibility. I wanted to know what y'all thought about that.
2: Mm-hmm. I love servant leadership as a, as a concept, my best leaders growing up, you know, once I figured out what a leader was supposed to be like, they were servant leaders. They didn't expect me to do anything. They weren't willing to do themselves, which is one of my favorite quotes. Um, But yeah, I think, I think a leader, uh, oftentimes we hear he leads by example. And I also hate that term because leading by example alone, just it doesn't work. And you see too often, I mean, take a sports team, Carrie, you brought up mm-hmm. sports earlier. The person that is always in the weight room, is always working hard, they're always doing what coach tells them to do, great. They're, they're not leading by example. They're setting an example. And they're setting a great example to which they can now hold others accountable. They can bring guys and gals up. To that same high standard, just like you can in the workplace, but leading by example alone, it just is not effective. So I think that's one thing that a foundational principle is you can set the example and then bring everybody up to your same high standard. Hold them accountable.
1: And there are a lot of talk about labels and different types of leadership and I've heard probably ten different labels in the last five years and, and I agree servant leadership to me seems to be the one that encompasses all of it, whether it's shared leadership or, you know, any any label you want to put on it, I think it's all servant leadership. I, I think you have a have to have a desire to serve others and to serve your community in order to be a good leader, it, it's it's never about you. So if you're not if you don't have a servant's heart and you don't have the heart to help others, it's probably not a good thing to be in a leadership position. Right. I, I just
0: remember sitting in school and having to sit through a lecture after. Our, uh, this is what a transformational leader mm-hmm. is, and mm-hmm. then this is what a servant. And there was there was one even. This is an emotionally intelligent leader, and I just couldn't help but get past that. Shouldn't you really? Contemplate being good at all those things. Trying to, and you can, you could incorporate. I probably servant leadership would encompass all those things to be actual servant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like uh, going around and picking up a piece of paper on the sidewalk. It's not your job. It really is your job. It's your mm-hmm. community, and people see you doing that, uh, i.e., leading by example, kind of thing. So. Um, But yeah, so when I started thinking about that and I started doing leadership conferences, that you know, when you put in for a conference, they always want a title. And I just, I don't have a title. So I just put OORA leadership. And so Mm -hmm. I created OORA leadership, which really just encompasses leadership. You know, Uh, I heard John Maxwell talk about he, they offered him so like a million, millions of dollars to do a workshop on business ethics. And he he turned it down. They said, "Why are you turning it down?" He said, "Because there's no such thing. Ethics is ethics. Just mm-hmm. be ethical, you know." And so they said, "Okay, well then just do it on ethics and say, so, okay, I'll take the million dollars." But uh, he wasn't going to tie it down to business ethics because, you know, being ethical is being ethical no matter what no uh, profession that you're in or what kind of relationship you're in. So that's fantastic. Again. We are here to take a break on American Steel with uh, Kara Williams from Murray Alliance and Corey Ross from the Warrior Mindset, and we'll be back in just a few moments.
3: You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. And a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other. At a track like no other. And after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR playoffs weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. There are so many problems in the world right now that we can't do anything about. But the hunger crisis in southern middle Tennessee is not one of them. You can join the Well Outreach Food Pantry in responding to help feed our neighbors in need. Kids, moms, and dads, and grandparents with nothing to eat. For just $30, you can provide a week of groceries to feed a local family in need. Give hope to the hungry right now. Thewelloutreach.org
0: Welcome back to America's Steel, folks. It's obvious that we can't get through leadership discussion in an hour. And Coach Mike, you got a ball game tonight. Give us a real quick shout out for the ball game.
3: Yeah, we got uh, a freshman game uh, against Lewis County. Uh, it'll kick off tonight. Uh, I believe it's six o'clock. Uh, this is a, the first opportunity our freshmen have had to work as a in, as a unit themselves. Uh, as and they're the they're the young guys on the team, and uh, they've been working really, really hard had a chance to work with the linemen uh, on this, and they have been really – they take a lot of pride in what they do. Uh, they've been uh, going really, really, really hard at it and, and doing really well. I'm, I'm excited to see this opportunity where they get to work as the primary people instead of the backups or the role players. And so, so uh, if you get the chance, uh, we're, we're, we are going out to Holenwald. Uh, so it's a, it's a little, bit of, little bit out of the way, but it's at Hohenwald Middle School – and uh, excited for them to oper- – this is their opportunity to shine a little bit yeah. and also kind of show the coaches what they've learned and, and what they've gained.
0: Well, good luck tonight. Text me Text me the final score. We were talking okay. off the air about how uh, Warrior Mindset is really about picking up the guy next to you, helping yeah. that guy. Uh, we use the word cheating or whatever. I, I don't take it that way. Years ago, I was in Coronado, California, doing a water survival sc- instructor school, and one of my good friends uh, that I met there – we had to jump in from a 10-meter platform, hands and feet tied behind our back, and we had to swim f- uh, the length of the pool. And he always struggled with that, but we always had a spotter. I was his spotter, and I just raised up, and the instructor was way down the other end, but I just reached up my foot, just put my big toe in his middle of his chest just to give him some more buoyancy. And the instructor actually said, he looks awful buoyant down there still. Uh, he, he nailed
3: me, mm-hmm. but he I guess he grasped what I was trying to do. Well, okay. The the point, you know, and that's why I said that sometimes I misunderstand the goal. What's the, you know, what was the exercise? Was swimming water, a, swimming an Olympic sized pool, hands and feet. Water out. survival. Sur- yes, you were helping him survive. <laughs> okay, I like that. You one. know, there's the goal. It's <laughs> kind of like you know, the the deal that I was talking, the, the story I was talking with Corey about was, it was the whole goal was to get people to work together. It didn't matter what we were doing. Yeah, Just we could we could have together. been flipping toothpicks for that matter, as Correct. long as we were doing it together. Mm-hmm. And the kid. You know, we were telling about a kid that was helping another kid lift lift his leg up, when the he couldn't, lifts. and he thought he kind of thought he was cheating, and then real, you know, when he we got praised for what he thought was cheating, he had to kind of reorient. What's the goal? And that was to help my buddy. Yeah.
0: And, well, so no no decisions have been made yet, but Corey and I have been talking, and then we met with Kara. Kara, thank you very much. Oh, it's been a uh, so far, I got to tell you, I just love being around you. Yeah, you make me want to go do more every single day when I see you. I, I saw you yesterday when I was speaking, sitting in the far back. I had to give you a shout out. hope it didn't embarrass you. Uh, Corey and I have been talking. Uh, we're trying to figure out a way to take Corey's curriculum, uh, a little bit of my background, and, and bring it together to do a adult version, if you will. I guess teenagers with parent permission could also participate, but uh, we haven't really uh, finalized all this. But we're trying to uh, we're trying to collaborate with Cairo. And the Murray leadership uh, tradition to bring an adult leadership class that's going to
2: be a little adversarial. Would you say, uh, Captain? Definitely. Just tell us about that. Bring folks together and not throw them into the fire where they fail, but talk about leadership in a classroom setting. Discuss what what are the standards. What do we want to see or need to see out of our leaders, and then what do we expect out of ourselves in a leadership role? Talk about that. Set the standard. And then go practice it in an environment of adversity. So somewhere where, okay, now I'm outside my comfort zone. I'm a banker. You know, we talk about our friend who's a banker, right? And I'm outside of the bank now, and I have to sharpen these leadership skills. But then when I go back inside the bank, it just becomes they easy. They translate easy. Right. So, But,
1: but you know, you're talking about pushing somebody out of their comfort zone just a little bit. Um You know, that's what it takes. That's what it takes for growth. You have to put yourself in some uncomfortable, um, fearful situations sometimes.
2: And it's tough to tell a kid to get outside your comfort zone. Hey, go do this. Go try out for band or go try out for uh, go to NROTC, JROTC when you're not doing it as the parent. So, don't expect again somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. And too often we see parents, hey, push the kid out there. But what are they doing to get better? Yeah. Because we haven't arrived. Yeah. Kara, yeah. you said it the we, other day. Yes. You have not arrived as a leader and you've been doing this 15 <laughs> yeah. for 15 years. a parent. Leadership Murray for 15 years or a parent.
1: I, I don't think you ever arrive. And I don't, I hope I never get tired of learning something new. And I hope I don't ever get tired of learning from others. Mm hmm. Um, because that's, I, I think until the, I take my last breath, there's an opportunity to improve, to do something better, to do something different, um, and to impact somebody's life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I was going across a, I, I came across a book the other day about a stealth fighter pilot who did a, he's doing a book on leadership. I just ordered some for my leadership team. Uh, but then we remember we were talking, we were meeting and we were talking about when I go to church. I. I I look forward to hearing something that's going to challenge me. Mm -hmm. So that's why I missed the speaker yesterday, because I've heard nothing but great things. I I wish I would have listened to something because I want to hear something that challenges me. And I want to hear something that's going to uh, help me learn, inspire me to continue to grow. That's why I seriously love being around people like yourself, because I'm like, okay, when I leave here, when I left our last meeting, I started sending Corey these different titles for what we might call our program. And he hasn't responded to any of those texts so he doesn't like any of my suggestions so far I can tell automatically I can tell I i, I went to respond like five times like,
1: <laughs> with a thumbs up <laughs> oh, I was
0: just I'm having <laughs> I'm having a writer's block on this don't, <laughs> no don't give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down I want to respond I hate this mic or I love this I don't know uh, I call my I call my little program I do Urah leadership and I've been blessed enough to share that but we're trying to call this something that's gonna have a catch to it uh, and then also try to align it in some way with uh Murray leadership just yeah. so we can uh, inspire so many people and have them love what we're trying to do and again we're not trying to we're not trying to injure anybody we're not trying to harm anybody we're trying to we're trying to just uh uh, get you out of your comfort zone and have you have you process what that looks like uh, because I think all of us at some point get comfortable and that's when uh, things start and going And complacent. Around. And complacent, yes, yeah. right.
2: I think, uh, if I could just interject, a um, friend of mine, his wife battled cancer and she beat it years ago and she had her anniversary of being cancer-free just recently. And I won't, I won't say her name, but she'll know exactly who I'm talking about and he will too. Uh, local family. And they asked her, I think it was her current doctor said, well, what did you take away from that horrible experience? Like, how did it change you? And I was like, oh, that's powerful. Because anything like that's going to change us. And to your point, if it doesn't challenge us, it won't change us. And we don't need to go through a bad experience. We don't need to have a a life crushing experience in order to become better. We need to put ourselves out there and, and do things that are experiential in nature and Show our kids how you get outside your comfort zone,
1: and, and sometimes it's a little a little fearful, you know, sometimes that road that is unknown is very fearful, yeah, um, but it's usually the one that uh, causes you to grow more than any other choice you would have made. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: even just standing up in front of the football team, like we just talked a lot about some of the individual players and some how they've come a long way in the last year or two. And even just standing up in front of your peers and saying something that might be unpopular, that's, that's fear. That creates fear in that player, even though he might be the best player on the team or in the County. And he's afraid, he might be afraid to get up there and say something that everybody's going to, Hey, they're going to laugh at me. You know, it's just going to be unpopular and am i going to be cool for saying this or not. Well,
0: and something I wanted to say too, because, uh, I'm a very outgoing kind of person. I think Corey is, Kira, you're outgoing. Mike's outgoing. Uh, not afraid to speak to people, not afraid to help strangers, but you don't have to be this uh, vibrant, outgoing person to be a great leader. And so, uh, my wife is a my wife's quiet. I would say she'll talk, and she's she's not afraid to talk, but she's quiet. When she found out she had cancer, I was so proud of her because immediately you find out if you have cancer. fear and denial and anger and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that she processed almost immediately was that when I'm through with this, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be through with it. And people are going to see that I've had courage and grace through the whole thing because one way or the other, whether it was a six month diagnosis or you could live for 25 more years, I'm going to be a legacy and inspiration to other people. So the fact that she even thought about inspiring somebody else when she's going through that, blew my mind because everybody would come into the house and think I'm the I'm the loudmouth leader and she's over there being quiet when she, truly her leadership was amazing. Mm. So guys, we're going to have to come back because we I don't have enough time. I want to stay until 8, but I know Mike's got to go and I know you guys got to go, but I love this segment. I think this is the best show we've done. And uh, Murray County, thank you for listening. All the listeners to American Steel, uh, please call in. Please ask questions. Please hook us up with uh, emails and whatnot if we can ever be a service to you. And there'll be more information coming out about Uh, this leadership program that we're trying to put together for the fine folks of uh, Murray County. So thank you for listening to America CR here on WKOM 101.7 FM front porch radio.